Blog Talk Radio. Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, Pop Art Painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it, and I sure am glad you did. Sure am glad you did. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there. Um, that seems to be the thing right now, but, you know, nothing wrong with that. It's just sometimes hard for uh, people to locate us, um, but, you know, uh, you did, so who cares? Uh, very, very cool. Hey, it's very. I am very excited about today's episode. For those who know my work and whatnot, everybody's like, yeah, yeah, Jamie, we get it. We get it. You like that whole noir scene and glamorous, you know, dames up to no good and whatnot. So when I got the press kit for uh, the press release uh, for this film, this independent film, um, I was so excited. I was so excited and still am. I, I watched the film. Actually, I've watched this film a couple of times. And um, I just really, really enjoyed myself and had so much fun watching it. Um, it's just very, very cool. And we've got some of the folks, uh, some of the guys who were behind uh, making this film and uh, on the show today. And it's just very, very cool. And I'm, I'm very honored to have them. Uh, we've got Christopher, Christopher, and I'm probably going to mess up his name, uh, Dalpe, I, I thinking that's how you say it. I should have checked before we went on the air, but, you know, I, I live dangerously. Uh, Mr. Brandon Perez-Sanchez and Mr. Ryan Miller on with us today. Let me hit this button. Gentlemen, Hello. how are you? Great. Good. How are you doing? Yay. Good. <laughs> Thank you for having Christopher, me. Christopher, I hope I didn't Thanks butcher your Chris's last name. name right. No, okay. no, you actually nailed it. Most people add, like, an H to it or... Just call it Dalp. Oh. So you really nailed it. You did- wow, look at that. Look at that. I'm cooking with grease today, man. I'm cooking with grease. Hey, <laughs> this was a great film. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, you know, it, it, it was you. Uh, so much fun. And um, I'm not in the movie business. Uh, you know, I'm just a, a cinephile, a civilian cinephile. I love film, always have. Uh, but I'm a painter. I paint, uh, you know, pictures for a living and whatnot. I've been doing that for about 20 years. Awesome. And one of the things, yeah, yeah well, it's, it's good work, you know. I don't know. I used to t- say it beats delivering pizzas, but I really like pizza. So, you know, I can't really say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's what I know how to do. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, but in my work, I love uh, painting a lot of crime stuff, and I love um, just glamour and, and flamboyance and, and whatnot. So when this, when I saw the, the, the press kit for this, I was like, wow, here it all is. Finally a film for me. <laughs> um, yeah, no. no, seriously, it was, I, it was really cool. I, I love what you just said about that um, you're just a civilian cinephile because I think – all of us uh, once identified as that before we started making Death Drop Gorgeous, and we decided <laughs> we were going to become filmmakers. 
So <laughs> now we're deep nice. in it, but we definitely started out as just regular people like you, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, it's so cool. And, and, the, and the idea is, um, I tell you, many, many, I'm an old man now, but many, many years ago, about, oh, God, it's got to be 20 years ago, I grew up in Metro Detroit. And I got a job, um, I, man, I had, oh, it was a long story, but I don't even want to get into it. I owed my parents <laughs> money. I was trying to open a business, and we had to redo the bathroom, so they were handicapped. And, you know, I, I was learning lessons. And um, I had to borrow some money from my folks, and I had to pay them back. And in order to do that, the coffee shop didn't do so hot. I took a job as a bartender at a, uh, a show bar, a drag queen bar in Toledo, Ohio. And, um, oh, wow. you know, yeah, you know, for picking. a 21-year-old kid, that's a pretty cool job. And I got to tell you, some of those queens, at least the ones in Toledo, were kind of mean, man. I mean, they, they, <laughs> they were not the nicest people. I'm saying that they would get into fights <laughs> with each other. And stuff. It was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> I'm not saying that's yes. indicative of yes. all drag queens. Don't send me emails, people. I'm just saying the ones at this particular, and it wasn't the nicest <laughs> bar in Toledo, Ohio, were pretty, you wouldn't want to mess with them. Um, how no, did you guys we, come we, up with we, the idea? We, we, well, we completely agree with you. Like, with so much of <laughs> drag personality, it's now, like, out in the mainstream TV. It's uh, one of the goals of, like, depicting the world of Gloria Hole and Janet Fitness and all of these like monsters is it's really inspired by the drag scene we grew up in. And these are really based mm. off of like the monsters and fights and conflicts <laughs> and like Coke fueled rage fits that we all have witnessed <laughs> in our lives. Absolutely. <laughs> you guys get it. You yeah. guys, but I knew that when I watched this film, it, you know, and it was, it was just fantastic. I, I, um, but that used to happen, man. That used to happen. I saw a queen drive a truck through a wall one time. Not the wall of the bar. <laughs> it was the wall of the parking. But she was pissed. Um, and was, yeah. her, was her name Violet, by chance? <laughs> I, don't, I can't remember. It's been a million years ago. But, um, but it's interesting. And, it's you know, it's, it's funny. I think it's great, number one, visibility. Um in the uh, the gay the LGBTQ plus community, I, I think I hope I didn't leave anybody out. I want to be inclusive. Uh, I don't want to. I know you're fine. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it's cool that that you know young people see. Oh, you know, this stuff happens and whatnot. But you're right. There, it is kind of a shiny appleness to it in the mainstream. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, there's some cattiness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I remember somebody put glass one time in the makeup of another drag queen. I mean, there was a police oh, call. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was mean. I mean. That's not far off, that's not far Wait, off from one of our scenes, I guess. <laughs> Hold, please. I'm going to write that down for a future yeah. project. <laughs> I know. Make sure we get like a truck driving through a wall in the next one, too. Oh, my God. This <laughs> is, the script is writing itself right now. we got to go to Toledo and get some, like, reconnaissance done. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Caesar Showbar. I, I'm sure it's gone. You know that that stuff comes and goes and whatnot. Like you said, coke fueled rages. You know it, it, it happens. Yeah. But yeah, I used to dr- well, drive I mean, down there. It was like hour drive each way. 
for that. But I, you know what? I made a lot of money and I paid my parents back. That's how it worked out. Yeah. That's awesome. So tell us about, you guys are yeah. all, what, did you guys all work at this bar where you guys, you know, this club where you filmed this at, or you just hung out and said, we're going to make a movie, man. This place is crazy. <laughs> um, well, Brandon, Brandon just stepped away for one second, but he'll be back shortly. Uh, oh, Brandon, he asked about uh, working in the drag scene or how we kind of knew each other working at bars, that sort of thing. So. Oh, yeah. When I, I moved to Providence back in, like, 2002. Um, I was – my first job was at Staples, which is, like, a, one of Dante's circles of hell, and I was looking for <laughs> other work. <laughs> and I, I got stood up on a, on a blind date at one of the gay bars here, and um, I asked if they were hiring, and they're at, they asked, like, hey, do you have any bartending experience? I'm like, oh, of course, which I had not – um, got hired at a bar down the street, and I was the direct assistant of a, um, a drag queen named Jackie Collins, who performed in live staying every Friday, and her uh, and her partner, um, her partner in crime, uh, Natalie Day. So working in that bar, I got I was pretty uh, <laughs> exposed to a lot of new things, a lot of the drag queen antics, um, <laughs> things I probably can't talk about on a <laughs> radio show. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a whole other world. <laughs> And uh, my entry into the drag world was, like, a very, like, actually a stranger than, like, the bar scene. Um, I worked for a nonprofit health organization specifically around HIV. And so I moved down to Rhode Island to start a job there, only to find out that secretly my boss actually had an alter ego named Kitty Litter, and she was (laughs) the most notorious, insane drag queen of Providence, Rhode Island. So uh, before I knew it, I was the assistant, and, like, auctioning off jock straps at like 2 a.m. at bars in order to raise money for like testing sites and that um oh, kitty litter is our <laughs> kitty litter we we love her she is like infamous uh she's actually the main inspiration for our character gloria hole we we wrote her based <laughs> off of that living monster and he's actually done all of those things too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. That's awesome. Now, Brian, how about you? How did you get involved in all this? Uh, well, so I'm actually uh, – Brandon is my boyfriend. Uh, we've been together for about uh, seven or eight years now. And um, wow. the shortly after we got together, this sort of idea for this movie spawned between Brandon and Chris and then grew to include uh, Mike. Um, and I've kind of been along for the ride ever since. So I wasn't as involved in like the the writing portion or like the creative portion, although I was there for some of it. Um, but I really stepped up to help during production and then during um, the the editing of the film and all the post production stuff. So I kind of just became their their tech guy since I guess that's more of my forte. So. <laughs> And, and we so got to undersell you on that. Like, he was the lead post-production. You really, like, kind of carried that, like, gauntlet yeah. to the end. Like, you really, like, brought the torch home. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, it's needed, you know. I mean, and it's especially, you know, I'm assuming this wasn't a, uh, a mega-budget production. Not that it looked, uh, it, you know, like it was filmed in somebody's backyard or something. It looks great. It looks fantastic. Um, uh, I, I'm going to need you to put awesome. that on the comments of every single blog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's what I was going to say. keep getting clocked for like... Go ahead, finish your thought. 
No, no, finish your thought. No, it's just funny. Like, we keep getting clocked on being, like, an amateurish DIY movie, and it's like, well, yeah, we are. <laughs> like, some of the negative reviews, I'm like, that's, like, some lazy reviewing. But, like, yeah, we worked what we got. We had to MacGyver together a lot of the scenes, and, I, I you know, um, we encourage other filmmakers to try to do the same thing. Like, sometimes the budget constraints can help you get creative, and you come up with cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, the production budget, excluding, like... Yeah, the production, including post-production, I guess, is probably between like ten to fifteen thousand um, dollars. And wow. so, I mean, one, yeah, one, one review we tip. I mean, we typically have people who, who yeah. know what the budget are. Like once they know the budget, they're like, oh, you made a much bigger movie than what typically was made for ten thousand um, dollars. And and oh, a lot absolutely. of that comes from like the, con- yeah, a lot of that comes from the community support that we had. So. Uh, we, I think Brandon and, and Mike and, and, and Chris, having been in the scene for so long and worked with so many different bars and, and, Wayne, and, and Wayne too, sorry, um, they just had access to a lot of like really great, nice uh, business owners and individuals who just wanted to be a part of something fun and wanted to help out. So there were a lot of things that like a normal production studio, it might cost them a lot of money to do, but we were actually done a lot of favors. Um, so we owe the community a lot for that. Oh, that's fantastic, man. That, that's that's cool favorite. to hear. These are just yeah. like favorites. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've, a couple of thoughts. I um, I went to college in Boston, um, lived in Dorchester for uh, six years, and um, <laughs> every summer, man, P-Town was the place to go. Um, that was just, just happening. Um, all of, uh, I used to hang out at a, I was going to art school, so I was, you know, dressing in all black and sucking my cheeks in and all that kind of stuff. Um, hanging out at a club yeah. called Man Ray, and they, they were yeah. normally a gay bar, but they they had a goth night, I guess, and that's where you know me and my schoolmates would hang out at. But we made friends with all these gay cool. people, all these gay guys, and they are the ones who got us to go down to Province, you know, uh, P Town and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the summers, that was a blast, man. We had so much fun down there. <laughs> I loved it. I loved yeah. it, and it was cool to see something like this cool movie happening. Another thought, um, I, I have known, being in the art world and always being kind of an artsy guy, um, I've known a lot of gay people. I've known a ton of gay people. It just that kind of comes part and parcel in that. Um, and the interesting thing that a lot of my straight friends don't know about, uh, the, the, <laughs> my gay friends at least, they're, they're at least they're always surprised to find out, is they're all into horror. They love it. They, they yeah. love slasher films and that kind of stuff. And it really surprises a lot of my straight people. And I'm like, man, I don't know what to tell you. So I, I'm not saying that that is how all gay people are. I'm just saying the weirdos I know, um, and not they're not weird because they're gay, but uh, they're for many other reasons. Bleeding <laughs> <You know? laughs> folks. I've, no gay I've been to a weird. party where someone was dressed up like a dog. It, <laughs> I believe life. <laughs> um, well, that's, but they're all that's into definitely horror. the weirdos we were speaking to. <laughs> yeah. And I told them all. I sent the trailer to so many people. It was been on blast on my email list. You don't even know. I'm like, you got to see this. <laughs> it, it, it drops the 10th, right? In two days. Yeah, yeah. How cool is that? You guys that's made a movie. Exciting. Yeah, that's, you know. it's just nice that it finally has a home too. <laughs> and now, folks, a couple of quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned; we'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. 
to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. This is a message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Older adults and people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions are at higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19. If you are at higher risk, you should stay home as much as possible and avoid close contact with people who are sick to protect yourself. Call your doctor if you have concerns about COVID-19 and your medical condition or if you get sick. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store, it's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember... T-O-S-O-T-S dot com. Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, the quotable Edison, quotable Henry Ford, uh, quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and of course the quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes and Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A. L-B-I-O-N.com. MichelleAubion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out, folks. I think when we when we started out, it was uh, we weren't – we didn't know how far we would make it. We sort of were in it for the long haul and just went as far as we could and pushed it as far as we could. But, yeah, we're like, 
you know, I think it's kind of exceeded probably what our tempered expectations were, and um, we're super happy that it actually is going to be available now for, for the world to see. So, um, yeah, two days. It's <laughs> huge. Oh, man, that's amazing. That is amazing. I haven't made a movie. Um, most people, I, well, I know a couple people have made movies, but, um, you know, this, that's a big deal. That is a big deal. Let me ask you guys this. Now, I did not know this. I, you know, I used to be blissfully ignorant when it comes to movies and television shows and, and all that before I started doing the podcast and talking to people in that world. Um, you know, I'd watch a movie, and I'm like, eh, they made that last summer or something. You know, they had a couple free weeks and put together a movie. You know, I didn't know. Um, that's not how movies work, folks. Um, it, it sometimes takes years, you know. I mean, it's a big thing got to get raise money and then that money's spent and you got to raise more money and you know things happen mm-hmm. um what was the time would you say from conception to as you film folks say it's in the can you know where we're at oh, now shit. <laughs> <laughs> well from conception that actually adds another nine months to the project because we usually actually say about five years <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow that's amazing that's amazing. Can you, I mean, just the, uh, the idea of a project that big, you know? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that it definitely became like, a, like our, our life. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, and it's about to be unleashed out into the world. Well, have you guys done it? No, it has been in some festivals and whatnot, right? You guys did the festival thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're in about like, I think, what, what, 20 festivals? Yeah, close, close oh, wow. to that, I think. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. So uh, that was a super exciting part of it. I mean, I think that we also, uh, COVID kind of screwed it up a little bit, so we didn't get to do in-person festivals, except for like a couple of instances where we uh, had drive-in, uh, drive-in theaters actually showed um, our film. But uh, we kind of missed out on all of the, like, big group, fun, you know, theater showings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were just doing virtu- virtual uh, festivals online. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it was uh, – that was like a year-long process with all the festivals, so. Oh, man. A lot of people don't realize either. They think, oh, the film – you know, they'll hear film festivals, and they think they have an idea of it. Um, but, but, you know, you don't just send out your movie to a bunch of festivals and hope they call you back. I mean – well, you kind of do, but you also have to include a very important thing usually, and that's a check. Um, there's submission fees, and, and I mean, that could be a huge – when you say 20 festivals, that can be a big chunk of change, you know? Um, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were fortunate that a, um, a few of the festivals reached out to us, and if a festival reaches out to you, they often will cover the cost. Um, but we definitely nice. spend a good amount of money, like, applying to fest. And it's, it's important to keep in mind that that 20 number – is the number that we got in, but, you know, we applied to many more than that because you kind of have to um, uh, just sort of cast a wide net and then see who bites. And so I think we might have applied to, you know, 60 different festivals in the end um, because there's just so many, you know, there's so many movies out there that every festival has to say no to most of the movies that get submitted to them. So it's a a dog-eat-dog world, so you just kind of have to, yeah, um, apply to a whole bunch, save up some money, and uh, do it. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. And I've had somebody ask me before uh, that, that wasn't in the film business, and they're like, well, what's the deal with festival? Why do they do it? And I'm, 
as I understand it, and I could be wrong on this, um, well, you meet a lot of hot people. No, I'm, I'm, that could be true, too. <laughs> yeah. But you um, really, you, you, you're looking for distribution, and you're creating buzz and all this and that. Um, is that how you guys come up? You know, that's cool. You guys teamed up with Dark Star, Dark Star Pictures. It's, it's, they know what they're doing. They're real, real good. You know, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris, were you going to say something? Or? Uh, no, I, I feel like for festivals, you got this one covered. Oh, yeah. Hmm. No, I mean, I think I, just like you said, most of it's for distribution reasons, I think. I mean, there's also creating hype and buzz around the film. The more people who see it, especially in person with kind of like a crazy, wacky, fun film like this, the more energy and, and talk that it creates. Um, so you can sort of be strategic in getting people interested in different areas around the country, but then also like, especially if you're bigger festivals that are more well-known, distributors will also often send scouts there to, to keep an eye out for films that they might be interested in. So, so yeah, that's, that's a big reason that, that people do it. Um, and just to network, to form connections with other filmmakers, to meet people that might be Absolutely. able to help you produce your next film or things like that. So, the networking is crucial, too. Yeah. We we're at Salem Horror Fest, which is how we met Linnea Quigley and uh, Roman and Tyler from Screen Queen, who did That's the documentary on Nightmare on Street 2. Um, and those two guys really helped us out with, um, with sound. Oh, Roman helped with sound design. Uh, Tyler helped with some editing and um, working on our trailer. Uh, that's what we got with Nate quickly. So the networking portion of, of the festivals, even though Film Horror Fest, we weren't in it that year, but like just being at those places is super important just to meet people and, you know, kind of get to know everyone that's in the industry. Oh, so And just so, to throw in there, know, I think one of the most exciting parts was uh, being, when, when doing the festival circuit, like we applied to like international ones too. So like the right. London gays were totally into us. Like they really loved the restaurant <laughs> courses. Nice. Well, hey, you know, that's always a good thing. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. I I got involved uh, years ago, many years, well, I don't know, 2006, something around there. So, yeah, it's been a while. Um, I was living out in Southern California in San Diego, and um, I got involved with the San Diego Film Festival out there. And they had me paint some paintings for some people that they were giving awards to and whatnot. And I, you know, I was so, I'd never been to a film festival before, and, you know, I, I went to all these parties and stuff, and I told everybody that I knew, I'm like, I don't care what business, if you're in a band, print some business cards and go to film festivals, man. Every movie I know has music, um, and network, now. I made a lot of money from the connections uh, that I made at that, and, uh, and have done other festivals since, and that's, uh, you're right, the networking is amazing. Uh, just, you know, you're talking to yeah, creative people. And it's inspiring, you know. It's very inspiring. And you guys are inspiring. This is a great film. Now, I know that some people will, you know, um, I'm trying to say this in a tactful way. Um, there's a lot of <laughs> you critics out tactful. there. We're, we're, pretty, we're pretty brazen people. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially... In the, the market of this film's going to land in front of, there, there's a lot of people that um, are, are critical, um, maybe, uh, maybe a little high critical. Um, you know, when you're making a horror film, I have horror friends that are crazy. I can't even watch films with them because they're like, that guy's spleen didn't explode the rifle. I'm like, 
What are you kidding me? It's oh, crazy. Are you... Oh, he'll be back. He'll be back, won't he? He'll be hope. back. Oh, hello. I see. There he is. See? Oh, can you hear us? It all worked out. I can hear you. Right. Can you Yay. hear me? <laughs> yes. See, I, I offended his sensibilities. Um, I will oh, no, not no, 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 no. I, I think I heard everything you said. So whether I was muted or not, um, I think I heard you. So <laughs> Nice. Nice. Well, it's just there's a lot of critical people. Don't let those people get you down, man. There's a lot of people with a lot of time on their hands. You know, this is I'm telling you, as someone who's watched thousands and thousands of films, this is a great film. This is this is going to be around for a while. Thank you. Yeah, Thank absolutely, you. man. And I, I love that we are making people uncomfortable. I mean, it's a fucking horror movie about drag queens. Um, and it's gory, it's gross, it's, it's subversive. And we've, we've gotten some comments like, oh, another LGBTQ movie only made for gay people. It's like, we didn't make this movie for gay people. We made it for, for everybody. Like, people have to like an outsider. Like, gays, LGBTQ, everybody. Like, it, there's messages in, in there for everybody. Uh, a lot of, like, the negative reviews are people who haven't seen the movie and saying it's, like, shoving our agenda and all these, like, political topics in people's faces. Um, horror has been touching on social commentary and these same issues since it started. I mean, a lot of these guys, like, <laughs> Romero up and down, but, like, majority of Romero films have social commentary that I think are a lot more in your face than our film is. So I'm just kind of curious as to how far people's heads are up their own asses about the politics and horror. <laughs> Uh, we all love, we're all fans of sleazy 80s slashers. It's like some of our favorite genres. And like, I am all about moralist, trashy sleaze. So I love that shit too. Our movie does have some, some poignant commentary, but it's not like the, it's not center stage. But like, I think the whole point is just feel like an outsider in your own community. And I think straight people, gay people, lesbians, everyone up and down the, the alphabet can, can feel that. I mean, gays aren't supposed to, they're not necessarily always good people. They're, there's actually a lot of bullies, a lot of assholes and, um, I think the representation our film gives is kind of um, a glimpse into our world. It's a, it's a queer experience, uh, but I, there's takeaways that every single person can relate to. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And the win, just the concept of of drag queens. Uh, one of the things that people don't get a lot, I think, a lot <laughs> about the whole drag scene is that it's it's a lens. It's it's a, a caricature of, of, of life, you know what I mean? Um, exaggerated. Um, nobody wants a boring drag queen, you know. <laughs> That's no fun at all. Come on. Uh, Tell that like having a... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. That's very true. That is very true. It's funny. My wife... Um, I had never, I wasn't familiar because it's been a while since I've been in that, you know, I'm, I tell people I'm a retired club rat um, because, you know, I'm, I'm old now. I've settled down. I don't go out. I'm, I'm married, you know, there's no point. Um, sometimes, but I like to be in bed now. I'm at that age where I like to go to bed at 11, not go out at 11. Um, but that's just me. <laughs> uh, my, my wife, though, my wife is, you know, she's younger and she's, her and her girlfriends go out all the time. But she she uh, turned me on to the uh, the Belay Brothers had that uh, show with the uh, the drag monsters and whatnot. We were watching that, and I'm like, this is way different Dra- than Paul's show. <laughs> I'm kind of digging it. And uh, drag, yeah, Dracula. And I, I think Brandon has a really great anecdote for our special effects because we totally loved that show and we were like absolutely feeling it. 
Um, and so, Brandon, you reached out to Victoria Elizabeth Black, and do you want to tell the rest? Yeah, sure. So, season two, Victoria Elizabeth Black, um, I thought she was – I do love me some bitch pudding, but I think Victoria was the, the winner of that season. But um, I did some research on her and mm. found out she had her own little, um, her own little uh, special effects studio. And on a whim, I reached out to her. I wonder, I wonder if she did special effects for us. Um, got back to me, like, within a couple of days, and then we worked it out with her. Um, and her and her partner, Opulence Black, um, drove their, their special effects, like, Scooby-Doo van up to um, <laughs> Rhode Island. And they did, um, they did a good chunk of our special effects. And we're super pro, super on it. Um, they were absolutely amazing. Um, if anyone is looking for a special effects artist, um, Victoria and Opulence are about as pro as you can get. Um, Scott Miller is other special effects artist from Massachusetts, so he was, like, a local. He was great, too. Um, I recommend him as well. But, um, yeah, if you're a Dragula fan, if you, if you saw season two, uh, uh, Victoria definitely uh, stands out. And I, I just got to say, oh. I emphasize on the word a good chunk because uh, she was <laughs> responsible for the meat grinder scene. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, the one you know, the, the cool thing about this is the effects were great. They were fantastic. And uh, the performance was great. All of it, all of it. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www dot j-a-m-i-e-r-o-x-x dot u-s My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com as well as online, on Instagram, and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime, and treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. 
There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Hey there, my name is Paige Beatty, and I am the founder of Hats On and Hats Off, which are two separate companies but aligned by the same philosophy of raising cancer awareness and forming smiles. Hats On is a for-profit corporation that sells cancer-specific hats to be proudly worn by you in hopes of raising awareness. A percentage of the proceeds will be donated to Hats Off, which is a non-profit corporation, raising money to buy wigs for cancer patients who can't afford them. That's where we're forming smiles. I believe cancer has touched almost everyone's lives in one way or another. A friend, a family member, a friend of a friend. So please, visit our website, www.hatsonhatsoff.com to learn how you can help raise awareness and form smiles. Rockscare, the online web shop of high-end luxury merchandise and products. All featuring original pop art paintings. From La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. Now, you guys, was there a particular uh, place, or did you film this at different places and kind of just put together a, a virtual club? Uh, the major, like, the predominant club, the outhouse that's featured in the movie, is a real club called the Dark Lady in Providence. Yeah. So um, that is essentially where we are most of the time for um, the, ma- the main stage shots. But mm-hmm. the rest of the movie is actually an amalgamation of all different sites all over Providence. So we filmed in AS220, a bar called The uh, Dusk. We filmed in a bar called The Coliseum. Uh, we filmed in a bar, uh, the Eagle, like the basement scene, like is um, the one where Tony, the, the big kind of final acts where there's some murder. I don't want to do spoils. Um, that basement right. is in like a like le- the basement of a leather bar. <laughs> and, and then and then um, the the uh, the basement of the outhouse uh, where. Um, or the Tony's office scene that's supposed to be in the outhouse and also the drag dressing room that's supposed to be at the outhouse. Those are actually both in our basement here at our house. So we we built those sets um, so that we could have a little more control over them and and kind of film whenever we needed to. Uh, And then we also utilized our own garage. Uh, That was where the meat grinder scene occurred, um, as well as um, the uh, bathroom. So, yeah. So similar to the Very way that cool. we all acted when, when we all we all acted when we needed to act to move the movie forward, <laughs> we also used our own basements, our our own bathrooms, or you know any place that we felt like fit the theme, we would film. Sometimes you had to film well, at an ex boyfriend's house just to. Get yeah. <laughs> That's fun. That's a fun call. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh man, yeah, you can film here, but you hey, bring that sweat that sweatshirt that uh, I left at your place over, um, and all my shirts. Um, Sorry, I got so way, here, blood here. on your floor. I gotta go. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, he's got a story to tell. He's got a story to tell that no one will believe him. That 
Um, (laughs) That's that's cool. That is cool. Well, I definitely, um, I think this has got a long future ahead of it. This is one of those films that is going to be embraced, um, and not just by the gay community either. Um, I think one of the cool things that I like about horror people in general is that they, they like to have fun. And people are surprised when I say that. I'm like, yeah, man, getting scared is fun. You know, there's, there's a place up the road for me yeah. called Disney that uh, figured that shit out. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing called roller coasters. There's a reason they're scary. Um, no, but, abs- you know, absolutely. This is going to be one of those cult classics um, that just people are going to be talking about for years. For years. And, um Oh, thank and you, you guys made thank it. You. How cool is that? Oh, it really helps, so thank you. Appreciate that. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we've been talking <laughs> and whatnot, and it just shows that I'm not very good at my job because uh, I'm excited about the film. Uh, but we do have links, ladies and gentlemen, on the show page um, to the website. The official website is monstermakeupllc.com, www.monstermakeupllc.com. We also have links to the Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter pages. Death Drop Gorge and, uh, is the Twitter, and Death Drop Gorgeous is the, uh, the Facebook and Instagram pages. Um, very easy to find. You can get to all those from the main uh, Monster Makeup, uh, LLC.com. Also, when we convert this show to a podcast, we blast it out. It goes out everywhere. We're on, like, 400 podcasting platforms. Um, those links do nice. follow the show. So if you're listening to this on Spotify – you can click on that link and get right there. And I, I know, folks, you're like, oh, God, here he goes again. But it is so important. If you dig something, you like an, uh, a band or an indie film, or I don't know, somebody that makes the best brand muffins in town, like and share their social <laughs> media pages. It gets the, the word out, and chances are your friends are going to dig it, man. Let your friends know because, you know, they're your friends, common interests, that whole thing, um, you know. Uh, I turned to the same stuff. Yeah, so yeah, help get the word out, and because I want to see more, these guys are so good at what they do, and you know, and they're not. Now, as I understand it, you guys don't have a bunch of big film background and whatnot, right? No, <laughs> <laughs> we watched a lot of movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know who also says that, and people know who he is cat named Quentin. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what he did. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm not – people listen to this in the middle of film school are going, what am I doing? Why did I pay – you're right. Go spend that money and make a movie yeah. instead. Um, you'll learn a lot I agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, Brandon, Brandon gives uh, shout-outs to a lot of indie queer filmmakers, like even uh, Tangerine, which was shot on an iPhone. And, like, the idea is, like, if you have a story um, – the equipment is out there. The software is out there. Like you can do um, high quality material for low cost, and that's the only Absolutely. way uh, those stories are going to get told. Yeah, and it, it might it might yeah. take you five years, but you can. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, five years. <laughs> no, I mean, well, you know, it's, you know. Oh no! Finish your thought. Finish your thought. Much more interesting. Oh, oh no, going. I was going to say, you know, just I'm 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 partially joking with the five year thing. I was going to say, uh, I think you can get a movie done a lot faster than that on on a smaller budget. I don't want that number to scare people off. 
we just had so many things going on at the same time that we'd film, and then it might be like a month or two before we were able to film something else again. So, you know, if you have a schedule banged out and you have the time, then it's definitely not going to going to be much shorter than that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I had some guys on the show. This was last year. It was before the pandemic, um, so a year and a half ago, really, uh, who had made a film. They were young guys, early 20s, and they'd made this uh, horror movie, and it got shelved. They never did anything with it. Fast forward 35 years later, um, things had happened. Things had changed in people's lives, and they're like, you know what? We can afford to do this. Let's uh, let's drop this film. <laughs> and they did. They went and yeah. got the uh, – had to convert it to digital. You know, it was it was a big thing. It could have been a movie just about that. Um, but, yeah, That's they, awesome. they did okay with That's it. That's really cool. Yeah, sometimes – Sometimes it takes a while, you know. It just uh, it just does, and uh, sometimes and that can be really interesting in itself because that's like a time capsule. Oh. Then you know something that never nobody's seen for that long. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's amazing. I'm just thinking now. You guys see, Brandon was smart because he got Ryan on it. Um, <laughs> you know, but I'm thinking, <laughs> here's my thing is I know my wife, Danny, man, and if I sat her down and said, okay, dear, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing this project. It, it, it might take five years. Um, she, she'd be like, no, Picasso, that ain't going to happen. Um, that, I don't know if I could sell that. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know if I could sell <laughs> You guys did. So <laughs> my hat goes off. That's pretty impressive. Um, The trick is that that every year you just say this should be done by the end of the year, and then after five years (laughs) saying that, then it's done. Yeah. (laughs) Like the thermostat I was supposed to replace last week. (laughs) Did you replace it? No. And, you know, it's funny, speaking of that, I I went to replace it today. Today was the day. I'm like, I sat down this morning, and I'm like, I'm going to replace this thermostat. And it needs a small flathead screwdriver, and I only had a small Phillips one, um, like an eyeglass one. So I have to have that conversation tonight <laughs> when she gets home. It's kind of warm in here. <laughs> well, just don't listen to the AC on. Just don't, just don't tell her that it's going to be another five years before you replace it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, this is a fantastic film. And, you know, the cool thing is, is it's, it's out in a couple days here. Um, and I know you guys, you know, man, it's this crazy because of the pandemic. First off, I hope all your, your people, your tribes were okay and whatnot. Uh, it stinks because here you are. You, you were probably ready to go with this, what, last year, I imagine, eh? Yep. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Oh, well, well, I mean, the, the, the distribution process took quite a while. So the film's been done for some time now, um, and we were sort of doing festivals and then waiting, talking to different potential distributors, seeing who was interested. Um, and then once you get that done, that actually, we only uh, signed a contract within the last few months with them. Um, and so the process oh, okay. of actually, like, getting all the deliverables to them and then getting it set up to come onto a platform, like, that's all, like, a three-, four-month process. Um, so we actually did, we weren't really delayed with the pandemic, the, the main effect that the pandemic had on us, because we actually were done filming and editing one before the pandemic hit. Um, the main delay was, uh, or sorry, the main downside was just that all the virtual film festivals and not being able to attempt to film festivals right. in person. So, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, we, you we know. Have our, uh, oh, is it, we, we actually have our second film that we're, uh, we've started that we're currently in production that was affected somewhat by COVID. Um, we wrote it during the beginning of the pandemic, uh, and we've been filming bits and pieces as we go along as we can. Um, but we're about halfway through, and hopefully we'll finish that by uh, the beginning of next year. So, Nice. Nice. Can you – is it I, – I know with film people, it's sometimes hard uh, until T's are crossed and I's dotted and everything. But I'm curious, can you just give us a hint of the vein that the next film is going to be in? Is it vein? Or, yeah, sorry, yeah it's just a broad stroke. Of, uh, like like what type of movies are going to be? Oh, okay, yeah. I would say it's like a um, it's, it borders on folk horror. It's definitely like a dark, like a, a supernatural thriller folk horror. <laughs> that um, not, not, a not a comedy at all. It's actually pretty dark. Very cool. Well, I can't wait, man. I can't wait. Number one, I can't wait to see it. Number one, I can't wait to have you guys on again. Um, you know, when you're at that point. Oh, thank you. And. Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. I was going to say, you guys all know this. Maybe you don't, but but I think you do. I hope you do. Keep doing it, man. I didn't even know you guys were working on another <laughs> film. Uh, you're real good at it, you know? You need to be doing this stuff. Thank you. We appreciate Thank it you. out here in the in the film, you know, the, the film watching world. Um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. cool. I want to see more. <laughs> you know? Oh, thank you. Yeah. We, we, we plan on on uh, moving forward and doing more films. We have another script after the second film that's already written. Um, that's a really fun one. That's going to require a bit bigger budget, so we're hoping to work our way up to it. But, uh, yeah, so we have a third film uh, in the docket. So, uh, yeah, just uh, we'll keep you updated on future projects. Well, well I we, tell you, we, one of the – we have. Oh, finish your thought. Yeah, go oh, ahead. I was going to say we had a case of success, and now – there's nothing that will stop us. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, one of the things in, in my experience, um, I've never dealt with producers. I've dealt with a few investors on you know various projects I've done over the years, real estate stuff and whatnot. But it's always a lot easier. It, it seems that the, the gears get greased a little easier when there's a thing called a track record. <laughs> and they can say, oh, yeah. <laughs> have to know what the hell he's doing. He made a bunch of money doing this, you know? So, uh, sure, here's a check, uh, as opposed to, this kid has a dream, <laughs> you know? I hope it works out for him. Oh, man. Well, that's cool. That's cool. And I, I definitely think that's, uh, that process is going to be a lot easier in the future for you guys. I know that's a big, a big thing. Um, man, I remember when I first moved to Southern California after college, I um, I met all these film people, and it was it seemed like every weekend and this was pre the internet was just kind of really getting going, and uh, I was at a film a fundraising party every weekend. I donated a ton of paintings, man, trying to get some money. To people, <laughs> you know, um, it happens. It happens. Well, very very cool, man. I can't wait to see more, and I want everybody de- now. They can pre-order this now, right? Yeah. Yep. Nice. I'm not sure if uh, other platforms are released on iTunes, I think. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's only two days. It's yep. only two days. Yep. Folks, this is the thing. And this is one of those films, too, where, you know, 
and the world's opening up. Be careful, be careful, you know, but if you, uh, if it's cool where you're at and whatnot, um, be smart, uh, and you can have a couple of people over. This is the kind of film you want to show when you have a couple of people over. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, make a meatloaf that looks like a hand or something and have people over and um, <laughs> watch this film. <laughs> you know? A cake that looks like a drag queen. It'll be awesome. drunk uh, and you're in a crowd this movie goes off. like it it just gets better honestly oh yeah and if, if anybody I'm out there actually makes a cake that looks like a drag queen please send us a picture and tag us <laughs> i'd love to see it even if it's scary yeah especially if it's scary um Oh yeah. man, this is this movie though. I'll tell you guys. I mean, you guys have been to a couple clubs and bars and whatnot, and they always, usually, uh, and not, I'm not talking the big trance places with lasers and holograms and stuff, but a cool place where your feet kind of your shoes kind of stick to the floor when you go in. Uh, you know, a real place. Um, they always yeah. have TV screens, and they always put some effed up movie that's just crazy and cool and whatnot on those. It's, cool visuals, you know? I can see this film being played in a lot of places like that. I, I predict that's going to happen. It's just so cool, the visuals, you know? And, yeah, yeah, man. I'm telling you, there'll probably be some golf parties that gets projected onto a sheet at. You know, I can see it. That'd be awesome. Those are our people. Very, very cool. <laughs> well, keep, keep at it, guys, and it's, you know... You've done a real good thing here. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm pretty Aww. impressed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so much. Well, very cool, it. guys. That's gonna. Re- I'm sorry I kept you longer than I said I would. Um, I hope it didn't. No, 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 it's fine. Yeah, That's we're pretty, we're pretty loquacious. <laughs> yeah, no problem at all. <laughs> very cool. Well, folks, that's gonna wrap it up for us today. I want you definitely to uh, go check out. Uh, and share, like, and share all the social media pages of Death Gorgeous. It's a fantastic horror comedy film, and uh, it, is, it is very cool. I, I, it's one of my favorite films of the year so far, and uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. That's my review of it. Well, thank you so um, much. You know, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know, you know, we didn't even get into really the main plot or anything like that, but I think people <laughs> figured it out. There's yeah. a few, you know, <laughs> It's a drag bar, folks. It's uh, got to see it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, very cool. Um, folks, this episode, of course, will be converted to a podcast. Uh, we'll be pushing that out on all the various social media platforms and on all the podcasting platforms. We're on a ton of them. Uh, thanks for everybody who listens and whatnot. We really appreciate it. And, um, oh, for those keeping track, um, I have a little post-it note here. England, you're coming up a little bit, but Germany's still in the lead as far as our European listeners go. So, uh, you know, uh, for those folks in the U.K., tell your friends to listen to our show, and you can have the bragging rights, you know. How about that? Um, And Germany, don't let them get ahead of you. Just stay in the lead. That's all I'm saying. Um, Very, very cool. (laughs) We will see everybody. um, When are we back? Oh, Monday. We're coming back Monday. Monday. Yeah, next week we've got a lot of – uh, cool musicians. I don't know if we're doing any film people next week. I think it's all music people, but they're cool. Matter of fact, Wednesday, we've got uh, this gal coming on called uh, uh, Mia Morris, and she's got this really, if you've ever heard that song, Stacy's Mom, 
Um, she's a fantastic musician. Well, she wrote a song from the perspective of Stacy and, uh, and how screwed up she is, you know, from this guy falling in love with her mom, um, which is hilarious. So that's all next week. We will see you then. Have a good one. Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. I really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Anytime. Thank you you so much. We appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, folks, that's going to wrap it up. We'll see you next time. Have a good one. Hey, and also, if you're out shopping, be nice to people. You know, no one one likes a Karen. It's not a good look on anybody. So don't be one, you know. If you're pissed (laughs) off about a policy, send an email. The gal at the register has nothing to do with it. See you next time, everybody. Bye. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli, Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, det här är Hicks från Sverige och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.